just watching episode nine, our big mega feedback episode that we've been promising for so long. I'm Daniel Lewis. And I'm Eve Franklin. Yeah, I forgot that there. You were just looking at me with that blank face. It's like, I'm forgetting something. What am I forgetting? Oh, yeah, who I am. I forgot who I am. We have received a lot of great feedback over the 25 years that we've been doing this podcast. In dog years. Oh, okay. Or in internet years, really. Twitter years are really long. Oh. They're much longer than dog years. Okay. So we finally get some time to go back and talk about many of these messages. We've gotten feedback. We've got some promos to play, some cool things. We've gotten audio feedback, which we love it when we get audio feedback. Wish we had more than one, to be honest. Yeah. We, we, did we? No, we don't. Oh. We have one that we played in another podcast that we not go play again. Yeah. But we love audio feedback. Yes. And what's really cool is a friend of mine says this too, is for people out there with iPhones, I'm not one of them, but people out there with iPhones that have upgraded to the latest operating system can load the voice memo application on their phone, record a voicemail feedback, uh, record a feedback on their phone. It's got a pretty good microphone for it. Mm -hmm. Then as soon as they finish recording, they can hit send and send that to us at areyoujustwatching.com. It's like instant feedback from their phone without having to call. It's nice, high quality, much better quality than calling it in. But people can still call in their comments at 859-353-4332. And our blog, of course, is always available for commentary. 24-7. 24-7. What's the web address? Areyoujustwatching.com. Cool. So, you know what I didn't say? This is the pot, one and only podcast that shares critical thinking <gasps> for entertained Christian. Oh, for my. Enterta- ah, I'm getting it mixed <laughs> up myself. People get the idea by now. So let's jump into this. Yes. Why don't you read the first feedback there from Kathleen? This was sent a while back. Yes. Yes. She's, I think, uh, one of our most prolific fans. <laughs> she she uh, sends us a lot of feedback. Yeah. This is the very first one we got from her. From Kathleen. As a Catholic and a lover of books and movies, I am thrilled that you and your friend are doing a podcast like this. Your reviews and analyses are helping me see the layers within secular shows that I never thought to look for. As far as the story of Noah's Ark goes, I don't take it literally. I think that the story, at least in part, is meant as a metaphor. Saying that God can get two of every animal onto a ship, along with Noah and his family, populating the world with them, tells me that there there isn't anything that God can't do. Please do a review of the movie Gran Torino. If I understand it correctly, there are a lot of Christian morals and themes in this movie. Okay, before we mention the ARC thing, Gran Torino, I have seen it just recently, and I appreciate the suggestion, but it's probably not one that we'll do in this podcast because it's rated R for language, and Mm. it has a lot of foul language. Probably be hard to get some good clips out of it then. Yeah, but there are some really neat stories to it. And if you haven't seen the movie and you don't want to be spoiled, then just skip about 20 or 30 seconds right now because I'm about to spoil it. The movie is about a old guy who lives in a neighborhood and his uh, young man that lives next to him is starting to get oppressed by some gangs and his family is even attacked. So this old guy decides that he's going to take care of this gang once and for all. 
And the way he does that is the gang thinks that this old guy is going to come and shoot them up and kill them all. So they're ready with all their guns. This guy didn't bring a gun at all. Mm-hmm. He does something that makes them think he's pulling out a gun, but he was just pulling out a cigarette lighter. And that's what he said he was going to pull out, his, his mm-hmm. cigarette lighter. But they think he's pulling out a gun, so they all shoot him with witnesses. And so this guy dies, sacrifices himself so that mm. this gang gets sent to prison so that this family living next to him can live. Wow. And it's awesome story of sacrifice. Right. And a lot of discussion about life and death in the episode. And uh, unexpected ending. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect that. But right. for that, it was good. But the rest of the movie, I really can't recommend it. That's why we're restricting it to just that little comment. Here. <laughs> but thanks for the suggestion, though. Well, dealing with the story of Noah's Ark, she does say that she it's a metaphor to her that says there isn't anything that God can't do. And my response to that is, then why do you believe God didn't do it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I see that a lot, and mm-hmm. that Christians are like, God could do anything, God could do anything. Well, could he have flooded the world with a global flood? No. <laughs> but God can do anything. It's just a metaphor. Yeah. The, the grammar of Scripture in the first, or all of Genesis, really, the grammar implies that it was intended to be taken as a literal historical narrative. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in the context or in the style of the writing that would indicate that you're to take it otherwise right like when jesus tells a parable it's obvious that it's just a parable it's a story or in the psalms it's obvious that the psalmists are using poetic metaphors and figures of speech and we see that also in prophecy and other sections Mm -hmm. but genesis is written in the same style as like chronicles or kings right that are literal historical narratives right that there is no reason to think that it's not intended to be taken literally. And the and there's also the fact that those occurrences, those historical occurrences in Genesis are referred to in other parts of Scripture, even in the New Testament, as historical events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like Jesus Christ himself, he mm-hmm. said, as it was in the days of Noah, right. so will it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And Peter mentioned it in his epistles as well, t- talking about the historical event of the world being covered with water and in reference to a coming judgment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the new Testament authors are taking it as a literal historical event. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ himself is taking it as a literal historical event. Also the flood bears a lot of significance to the gospel. Right. Because of that passage in first Peter that, or is it second Peter? (laughs) <laughs> They're because of the passage that our show notes will contain at justwatching.com slash podcast slash 009. It says it links the judgment of the flood to the coming judgment by fire. Right. Now, it's Second Peter 3, I think. Yeah. If the flood was metaphorical, does that mean the coming judgment is metaphorical? If the flood was local then that means people could have easily escaped by just leaving the region. Right. That would then imply also that the coming judgment, people could escape it mm-hmm. by their own means. Right. And Jesus is the the ark yes. in, wh- in which we, I mean, what he did for us on the cross and he opened, salva- he opened the door of salvation for us to escape coming judgment. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the door closing on the ark is a metaphor for Jesus. And yeah. so um, we, 
yes, in a way, the Ark is a metaphor, but it, it's a historical metaphor. It really happened because what Jesus did for us really happened as well. It's so. a literal event that was that became a type, right, of an illustration, right, of the coming Christ. Yeah. So thank you for the comment, Kathleen. We appreciate the opportunity to discuss this. All right. Kathleen also emailed us when we did our episode about Star Trek, the initial reactions. She says, I hope this makes sense to you. Spock's father tells him to put aside logic and do what feels right. I have spent a lot of time turning this one over. I think what his father might have been trying to say was this. The logic of the head, numbers and facts, versus the logic of the heart, things like love. We find out later in the movie that Spock's father married his mother because he was in love with her. I think that his father was acknowledging that it was right for Spock to defend his mother's honor, but that at the same time, his father didn't approve of the way in which Spock chose to do so. Also, I made the observation in the movie that most Vulcans don't seem to understand that emotions can exist alongside of logic. And yeah, that's very true. Mm -hmm. Because... Although sometimes our emotions can lead us to do illogical things, <laughs> logic and emotions certainly can coexist. In Spock's training, we may have heard the, a new immortal phrase. It is morally praiseworthy, but not morally obligatory. I believe that this is meant to be taken in the context to the Vulcan culture. Think of it this way. To the Vulcans, it is morally praiseworthy to be logical. But is it also morally obligatory to be logical? Like I said above, I believe that it was morally praiseworthy for Spock to defend his mother's honor. However, according to the Vulcan culture, I don't think doing so by Vulcan standards was morally obligatory. It wasn't morally obligatory for Spock to defend his mother's honor because the Vulcans would see that as an emotion response. By the way, this podcast is sponsored by the word obligatory, <laughs> which I'm surprised I'm making it through saying it so many times. That's a hard one for me to say sometimes. Also, when old Spock speaks to young Spock and tells him to follow his heart, I think that old Spock might have found out off screen about young Spock being in love with Uhura. Or it's possibly that he was trying to explain to a young Spock that sometimes in order to be logical, you have to know what seems illogical at the time. After all, Spock was talking about helping to repopulate his race instead of doing what was right for him. In other words, following the vocation to work alongside of the crew of the USS Enterprise and also to possibly marry Uhura. Maybe I've just read too much into all three of those things, but after turning it all over for about two days and one night, I'm very satisfied with what I found. Kathleen, thanks. I'm yes. glad you can sleep now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, one point I wanted to make is she, she talks about old Spock um, um, finding out off screen the young Spock is in love with Ohura. They're the same guy. I'm assuming that old Spock <laughs> knew what he was in love with when he was young. So, Except that... I know they were parallel, yeah. but but still, I mean, Spock worked alongside Uhura for years. The old Spock did. So True. if there was an attraction there, he would have felt it when he was younger. So True. Now, we also got an email in from Jeff Gentry, who goes by X-Force 11 on Twitter. And he was correcting something that I'd said in our Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen podcast. I'd mentioned that 
the museum they mm-hmm. broke into didn't look like the National Air and Space Museum. So I'm glad that he emailed in to correct my facts there. He said they have broken the Air and Space Museum into several locations. The main one is now D.C. at Dulles Airport. It is called the Stephen F. Udvar Hazy Center. <laughs> I went and visited it two years ago. They did the show. They did show the front and the insides correctly, and the building does have inner doors at each end of the main part of the building. Not sure about the planes outside, though. So he's clarifying that when they said the Air and Space Museum, that was the real one. Okay, so, so they were inside the right building. Right. They're, the building I was thinking of has now been split into two locations, and that's what he's pointing out, is they filmed this that part at the opposite location. Okay. I still say, though, there's no desert outside of it. <laughs> Maybe there is, because I've not been to that other location. Right. Well, I'm not sure it was necessarily desert that they were showing. It was just like a a huge area where there were planes parked. But I still say it's a desert. (laughs) I'm sticking to it. (laughs) Well, Peggy gave us a feedback in response to our Star Trek initial reactions episode in which we were trying to not give any spoilers in in the movie. And this is... What she had to say, she said, may I make one suggestion? If you're going to review a movie, even initial reactions to it, you obviously have to talk about the movie in specific ways. And since you have it in the title that it is Star Trek in this case, people should understand that you are going to have spoilers big time. Otherwise, you cannot really discuss it in depth from a Christian viewpoint, which, as I understand it, is what this blog is about. So how about just giving one single disclaimer at the beginning? This episode is an in-depth look at whatever. And if you haven't seen it yet, you might want to save this until you, after you have, because it's going to contain many spoilers. Otherwise, all you can really say is, I liked, didn't like it, or some general things like it included profanity or immorality. You won't be able to support that with examples. The podcast will be over in five minutes. I'm guessing that your listeners are like me in that we actually want to hear the movie discussed in detail. Thank you very much for that, Peggy. That's something that we'd also heard from other people as well. <clears throat> right. And, and I'm glad we switched. Right. And, and we did Transformers. We went ahead and talked about the movie in detail. If people want just to know about the movie from a perspective of just a review, is it clean or unclean or whatever, what I highly recommend is PluggedInOnline.com. And also PluggedInOnline has a podcast, which is two minutes long, where the the guy in the podcast gives a quick review of a movie and explains what bad content there is, and he rates it based on a family-friendly scale. It's actually funny that he said Transformers was more family-friendly than we did. Really? Yeah. Wow. I'd, I'd played his episode for you, and I think he gave it three out of five stars, or maybe two and a half, mm. and you and I gave it like one, <laughs> one and a half. So, yeah, in the future, that's what we'll be doing is anytime there's a movie in the theater, we'll make it very clear that there will be spoilers. Right. I want to play a promo for our listeners. And if you have a podcast out there and you play our promo, too, I'd love to return the favor and play your promo. Instead of an actual promo for a podcast, though, there's something very important going on right now. See, in in other countries, water isn't clean at all. It's Mm. actually dangerous to drink the water there. And right now, you and I both have glasses of Mm. very clean water. And we take it for granted so much. And so my friend John Wilkerson over at the Jesus Geek, jesusgeek.info, is putting together this campaign, Podcasting for Water. So I want to play that promo here for us. And I encourage you, please consider checking this out. And it doesn't take much to support it. 
Hey folks, John Wilkerson here, host of the Jesus Geek Podcast. And I want to tell you about a great new contest that I have coming up that's related to the podcasting charity that I've set up, Podcasting for Water. You can find out more information about this contest over at water.jesusgeek.info. But let me give you the basic details. Everyone who donates to my cause set up on Facebook, Podcasting for Water, will be eligible to win one of a number of prizes, including an 8-gigabyte iPod Touch. Now, there's a caveat on the 8-gigabyte iPod Touch. You have to donate $15 or more to the cause. However, if I raise $500 or more between August 25th and September 30th, 35 days, if I raise $500 or more, everyone who donates will be eligible. Anyone who donates any amount, whether it's a dollar, $100, or $1,000, Everyone will be eligible to win it. Let me go down a list of some of these prizes that we have. Uh, I've got uh, a copy of The God Conspiracy, uh, print and PDF, uh, the new Skillet CD, the new Sonic Flood CD, a copy of the board game Atomic Earth, a copy of the Spirit Blade CD, a package of ramen noodles. And these are being provided by other great podcasters in the Christian New Media Group. And they're really, really stepping up and helping out. And they're going to be playing this promo. So if you listen to any of their podcasts, you're going to be hearing this too. But this is a really great opportunity for you to get out there to give. I want to remind you again, the best way to do this is you make your donation. You go over to the Facebook cause. There's more information at water.jesusgeek.info. You can go to causes.com slash podcasting for water and donate directly. I know that's a lot of URLs, but just remember water.jesusgeek.info. Your opportunity to win an 8 gigabyte iPod Touch. And this, this is a great prize for your donation of $15 or more. Or if we raise $500 in this time frame, then everyone will be eligible to win. Thanks a lot. Thanks for donating. Let's give water and give life. So please consider checking that out and see what you can do to support that and bring clean water. That made me thirsty. I had to get a drink of water. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. We just can't forget that we take it for advantage so much for granted. (laughs) And John is a great guy. And if you heard in there a package of ramen noodles, I can verify that that's been upgraded to a box of ramen noodles and if people haven't guessed it already that's coming from me and my show the ramen noodle which is at the my comedy podcast seasoning packets of comedy from the life of a bachelor and i need to record a promo for myself sometime <laughs> uh, why don't we jump down to scott's feedback would you read that scott says hey guys great podcast one cash one question What I seem to be hearing from Daniel is that violence is okay, language is okay, but sex is not. Why is that? Why is immodesty bad? Also, do you support Christian art that is bad, quality-wise? Is being uncomfortable a bad thing? There are things in the Bible that disturb me. Plenty of great art is designed to make you uncomfortable, take you out of your comfort zone. Okay, that was more than one question. And he's actually responding to our Where's the Line Mm -hmm. episode. Yeah, that was episode six. Are you just watching dot com slash podcast slash zero zero six? Well, first I'll address the part that he asked me is Scott. Okay, we're men. <laughs> For us men, images of immodesty, immorality, uh, sex scenes, all of that sticks in our minds a whole lot more 
And Scott, be honest, sticks in your mind too. And the reason why I consider that not okay for me is because I don't want that continuing to stick in my mind to plague me, to tempt me, to make my mind go places where it shouldn't go. Now, violence and language, when I see that, that doesn't stick in my mind. It doesn't plague me. It doesn't tempt me in any way. I can see things blowing up and I'm not tempted to go blow something up. I can hear foul language and I'm not tempted to use it. And one thing you have to remember is that in this podcast, we were talking about what's wrong for us. And some other people may have problems with violence or language. Right. And if it's an issue for you, then you, it's not okay. Daniel's not saying violence is okay and language yeah. is okay. He's saying it doesn't right. bother him. So there is a difference there between saying it's okay and that it's not a personal issue. Yeah, thanks for clarifying that. And that's the thing is we were talking about where we draw the line and not necessarily that's where you have to draw the line as well, but that's pretty much the reason why I draw the line there. And then he asked the question, uh, do you support Christian art that is bad quality-wise? Now, you talked about this in the comments. You responded yes, to Yes, I did respond to him in the comments of the blog, so he, he can go check that out if he wants to see. I do want to talk, touch on it yeah. just loosely, though. Mainly what I say about Christian art that is bad is, yeah, don't don't support it. I, I There's a lot of Christian novels I won't read because, for in my opinion, a lot of Christian publishing is horrible. And I, I'm very picky about what I will read. When it comes to movies, typically Christian movies are lower budget. They don't have as much money to work with. And I think that they can still produce quality films with a lower budget. I bring up Fireproof, for instance. Fireproof yeah. is the third movie by a church in Georgia. Their first movie was extremely low budget. I did see it. It was called Flywheel. And that movie was really good. It was low budget, but it was really good. It had a good message. It had an, not a preachy message. It was just showing how a man's life can change if he puts morals to work in his business. And it was a very important message. And it it was a low quality movie but it was entertaining mm -hmm. i enjoyed watching it i felt good when i finished seeing it i would very much be willing to support more productions by that company and the thing was is that they put that movie together with a string budget yeah. i mean they had no money it was all donations all volunteers and when they finished it it was somewhat well received i don't think flywheel ever, ever actually showed in theaters i think it was like a local production but they followed it up with Facing the Giants, which was a huge, huge um, success. Mm. They made lots of money off of that. And then they turned around and made Fireproof with the money they made off of Facing the Giants and put even more money into it. So each production that they make is a little better than the production before. I think Fireproof had room for improvement. So I'm hoping to see another movie come from them that is even a little better than fireproof mm -hmm. so by supporting those kind of productions you give them the money to make something better i've only of their movies i've only seen fireproof and yeah of course their quality could be better but the message of fireproof i mm -hmm. thought was so powerful and Fireproof was also hilariously funny in several places. I laughed really hard and <laughs> cried in other places. It moved me, Bob. It's a line from Veggie Tales, but <laughs> yeah, 
So you say that with books, there are so many Christian books out there of cheap quality that mm-hmm. you, you're careful with your selection there. But movies, if it's Christian themed, you definitely want to support it. I try to support it because they're they're making the effort. They're putting a lot of money behind trying to produce something that people can watch that's clean, has good messages. And I want to support that mm-hmm. because, I mean, we're throwing billions of dollars at Hollywood yeah. And they're putting out movies that are just horrible. And if we want, if we want to vote with our pocketbook and, and want to see better stuff, we've got to give them the money. Yeah. In the blog notes, I listed a few movies that are of some biblical theme. And mm-hmm. one of those that I really like is Prince of Egypt, mm-hmm. made by a secular company. Mm-hmm. But it is with a biblical theme. And I think that's a movie that also we should support to show these people, hey, a lot of people like seeing movies with a biblical theme or a good morality. And you it. can think of like the Chronicles of Narnia that yeah. Disney's putting out. They're doing actually a decent job with those movies. Mm-hmm. I've been impressed. It disturbs me sometimes when and I can't remember if we said this in the blog notes, in the show notes or in the podcast, podcast. itself. But it disturbs me sometimes when... Christians will go out and they'll watch Star Wars or all of these movies and they'll just, they'll love them. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to a Christian movie, they'll say, oh, I'm not going to see that because I disagree with this little doctrine here. Right. And if that's the reason you're not going to see it, then that's the wrong reason. Yeah. And I remember hearing that when Prince of Egypt came out, Mm -hmm. is people would say, oh, they didn't get the story exactly right. They took some artistic liberties. And so I'm not going to support it. I heard that a lot when End of Sphere came out. End of the Sphere. Mm, yes. The story about the missionaries in Ecuador. Is that right? I believe so. Right. Jim Elliott and mm, right. Nate Saint. Nate Saint and all those. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I heard a lot of people say that, that they weren't going to go see it for reasons that just didn't seem like good reasons to me. It's mm-hmm. like, it, it, it's a true story. They did their best. And I, I want to, and the, actually the movie was quite well done. About the only thing that I thought was strange was they, in order to keep their PG rating, they had dressed all the natives in clothing, which in <laughs> real life they weren't really wearing clothing. So it wasn't realistic, but it kept the movie clean. Mm-hmm. So, And then he, uh, Scott also mentioned, is being uncomfortable a bad thing? That's a good question. Yes, it is a good question. I, I agree with you that it's not always a bad thing to, to be uncomfortable because that tells you where you're... Well, I think we were actually presenting it as unco- discomfort tells you when you're stepping over the line. Yeah. Or discomfort can tell you when your own line isn't clearly defined. Or like, not your line, but your own foundation isn't right. clearly defined. And by that, I mean uncomfortable in the sense of if a movie seems oppressive to watch in its agenda that you detect behind it. Right. And now Scott says there are things in the Bible that disturb him. I have to admit there's things in the Bible that disturb me too. And the whole Old Testament is filled with a lot of judgment and a lot of war and, mm-hmm. and you know, terrific scenes of violence. This is a picture of what happens to people living outside of God's grace. Mm-hmm. And I think it's meant to disturb you. Because if you aren't disturbed by unregenerate man then where where are you seeking god yeah and even the gospel itself first corinthians 1 says that it's to the jews it's foolishness and to the greeks it's a stumbling block 
it's uncomfortable. Right. It's uncomfortable to be convicted about mm-hmm. sin. Right. The reason I think what he's asking here is in terms of violence, language, sex in the movies. Is it wrong to be? Is it a bad thing to be uncomfortable? And I don't think it's really an issue of comfort. It's an issue of temptation and of what what is it provoking mm-hmm. within you. Right. I hope that deals with the comment. I mean, Scott, feel free yeah. to come back and comment again, and we'll discuss it further. In our next mega feedback episode. <laughs> Let's go to, uh, now, along that same line, um, email from Kathleen again. Kathleen says, I love horror movies and I don't mind violence and gore. However, I like it when it is well-placed and not grittiest. I tend to be extremely turned off by American horror movies because of this. I tend to lean towards horror movies that draw on mythology. Folklore. 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 (laughs) I think people know what I'm trying to say. The supernatural and related genres. That said, I will not watch the Saw movies. I have seen part of one at my friend's at a friend's house and was happy that I had brought my laptop with me. <laughs> so my friend watched the movie and I played a computer game. Solitaire? Minesweeper? Yourself? What'd you play? <laughs> By the same token, I don't always mind nudity just as long as there is a reason for it. I disagree there. Well, me, she's a girl. <laughs> yeah, I'm a guy. Doesn't bother us quite as much. I do like remissions art. All right, what's remissions art? I'm not sure either. Okay. Sorry, Kathleen. Don't know what remissions art is. However, I don't like it when the only point of such a thing or the only point of such a thing or if it takes away from the program instead of adding to it. One of my most beloved shows is Elfrin Lied. Even though it is animated, this isn't for kids. The show is gory and contains nudity. However, one of the central themes of the show is what it means to be human. So I'm able to deal with everything within that context. What it means to be human. Now, we could say that almost all movies out there, to some extent, explore that. Mm-hmm. And I would say that in many ways, though, movies shouldn't explore it to the depths that they have. Yeah, there are certain things of what it means to be human, but they don't need to be shown up on a screen. Right. I got a point there. <laughs> and. Sorry. And just like I was just saying with the in the end of the spear, they they dealt with the natives in a clean way. I mean, mm-hmm. there's ways that you can refer to certain parts of humanity without you know, being explicit. Right. Tastefully. Tastefully. In contrast, I had stopped watching the show called Gans, Gans, whatever. Due to graphic sexual content, I was very wary. I was very upset by this because the show is an otherwise interesting and graphically violent romp through the desperation for the main characters, who are just trying to stay alive. I don't mind swearing, but I did stop watching both Goodwill Hunting and a show called Helzine because of excessive swearing. As for wait, ra- <laughs> as for ratings, I will watch PG. G, PG-13, and R-rated movies. However, I will use more discretion with R and PG-13. 
I am harder on R and PG-13 rated movies because I have seen a handful of PG-13 movies that should have been rated R. Yes, definitely. definitely. (laughs) The second Austin Powers movie is a prime example of this. Honestly, how much sexual innuendo can be squeezed into a PG-13 movie? Sounds like quite a bit. A lot. (laughs) Thanks, Kathleen, for uh, responding once again. We we do appreciate your feedback. And this is a very good... uh, representation of why you why we need audio feedback so that we don't have to stumble through (laughs) long uh, emails yeah and speaking of audio feedback my friend wayne henderson from a bunch of podcasts called in (laughs) or sent us this audio feedback and i think he sent this with his iphone because it sounds like an iphone and it doesn't sound totally like his studio but here is wayne henderson with his feedback Hi, Eve. Hi, Daniel. This is Wayne Henderson from the VoiceOver Journey podcast calling in about the most recent episode of the Are You Just Watching podcast. Very enjoyable and thought-provoking episode of your podcast, so props to you guys for that. And I wanted to call in because as far as myself, the line, you're right, like you talked about on your episode, it's hard to have a straight line. There's always exceptions and and things like that. Uh, For myself, I'm kind of in the middle of the... The both of you, I guess, if I'm speaking correct English, I'm not sure. Uh, Basically, you know, I do try to avoid R-rated movies, especially at the movie theaters, because, like you said, you don't exactly know what you're going to get, and you're kind of trapped there. You don't have any control. You know, the only real exceptions I can think of uh, for myself, you know, for maybe the past five, ten years, would be the Matrix movies, and some of them, I don't even really know why they were rated R, looking back on them. Judo and kick to the head. of the Christ, which, powerful movie, powerful movie. So those were really the only exceptions. And I don't even rent very many DVDs at all, especially R-rated. But at least you do have that control. So that's good to have. And the PG-13s, yeah, they sometimes they are worse than the R-rated movies because they just want to see how far they can get away with because they know their movie their movies are targeted to, you know, maybe 14 to 19-year-olds or something like that. And, you know, looking back, I'm a little older than the two of you, uh, R-rated movies in the 80s, some of them, you watch them now and you're, you really wonder why they're rated R because these days, if they were brand new movies, they would probably just be PG or at most PG-13. Mm. So... You know, things just, in the Hollywood studios, they just keep pushing the boundaries further and further. And, you know, the cursing, that I I don't like, especially when it's a lot of repeated cursing. But uh, it really gets on my nerves when they they take the Lord's name in vain. It's just, oh, I just can't stand that when that's in a movie. And, you know, if they use the F word, you know, more than a couple times, it just gets way out of control. And then, of course, we don't need all the other things you guys talked about. I pretty much agree with a lot of those, so I don't need to rebring them up again. But on the flip side, I saw a really enjoyable movie for my wife's birthday this weekend. We took out the whole family, the kids, their boyfriends and girlfriends and so forth. And my wife wanted to see a nice, silly movie. So we went and saw G-Force in 3D, which, by the way, 
has really good 3D. I haven't seen any 3D since Captain EO, so this was was uh, quite a treat. And that was really good. I don't remember if it was G or PG. It might have been PG, but just a nice, mostly clean movie. You know, a few little fart jokes or whatever, but otherwise a pretty clean movie. And seeing that the same day, that getting your episode of the podcast uh, made me think, you know, there's still some good stuff, you know, nice, clean. You don't have to worry about what you and your kids or mother-in-law might have to witness in the movie theater. So I'm going to let you guys go for now. Went on a little bit, but I just want to let you know I appreciate your podcast, and I've got your promo. I played that in one of my recent uh, podcasts, and I'll play that again in another one of my podcasts, maybe the Fringe Casting Podcast coming up pretty soon. So keep up the good work, Eve and Daniel. We'll be talking with you soon. Thanks, Wayne. We really appreciate that, and great to hear someone else's voice other mm-hmm. than our own. Definitely. <laughs> Yeah, the the rating system messed up. There are PG movies from the 70s and 80s, though, that should mm-hmm. be rated R. Oh, yes. My, some of my favorite movies are the airplane movies. That's what I was thinking of. And and they have some horrific content in them. Yeah, I watched it and I saw it was PG, and then stuff just pops out of nowhere. It's like, ah, wait, Whoa. this is PG. <laughs> yeah. I had I had grown up seeing them edited for television, so I, a lot of times I had no clue that stuff was mm-hmm. in there. And then my dad got a copy of one on DVD, and I got a copy of the other one on DVD. And when we watched them, I was just I was really caught off by guard. Yeah. Did Wayne really bring up anything for us to respond to? No. No. I don't think so. He was well, just kind of giving us his own point of view, which yeah, thank I appreciate you, that. We really appreciate that. And I want to return the favor a little bit and play Wayne Henderson's promo. Wayne has a cool podcast, or several podcasts, yeah, sounds like about like everything. <laughs> he has one about doing voiceover work. He has, and you can tell why, he's he got has, a great oh, voice for it. wonderful voice for it. He's got a podcast about Fringe and Lost, which are two of my favorite TV shows. He has a podcast about ballroom dancing. And Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to play this promo of his, and I encourage you to check out his website, MediaVoiceOvers.com. Hey there. Come close. Come close for just a minute. Got a quick question for you. Are you a fan of Lost, Fringe, the Green Bay Packers, Christmas and or ballroom dancing or are you a voice actor wanting to share your voiceover journey with the world well if you answered yes to any or all of these questions check out the tuning in with Wayne Henderson group of podcasts at mediavoiceovers.com we've got lost casting with Wayne and Dan another show we've got is Wayne's take on fringe as well as the voiceover journey podcast Christmas memories. You know, it's never too soon to start planning for Christmas. It'll be here before you know it. And we have the Tuning In with Wayne Henderson podcast where we cover all the rest of the stuff. Just check us out. We're in iTunes and you can listen right on the site or subscribe directly at MediaVoiceOvers.com. And I want to thank you in advance for doing that. So thank you. And thank you, Wayne. I encourage you guys to check it out, MediaVoiceOvers.com. We got a lot of feedback from our episode six on Drawing the Line. So we'll just continue with some more of that. Uh, This came from Alan, uh, Professor Alan. 
He says, guys, I had a few comments about episode six where you discussed drawing the line. One place I draw the line is quality. So I disagree with your contention of supporting movies by Christians just because they are movies by Christians. I have found that most of these movies that come from self-described Christian movie studios fall way short in areas of quality. Out of respect to my brothers and sisters, I will not name specific films. I have a novel manuscript that I'm shopping around, and if I ever get it published, I want people to recommend it because they think it's good, not just because it was written by a Christian. I want to write a good novel, not a good novel for a Christian. As a matter of fact, I do agree with you that I don't like movies with an overt agenda, but I find that most Christian movies fall into that category. I don't like art being used for any agenda, even if it's an agenda that I would be sympathetic to. I enjoy the show. Thanks for listening to me. Thank you, Alan, or Professor Alan, for sending that in. We've kind of dealt with yeah. the issue of quality in movies. I, I do understand his point about wanting it to publish a novel that's good and not just being Christian. Mm-hmm. And I have already expressed some of my disdain for Christian publishing. So. Now, what about the thing of watching movies with overt agendas because he does bring up a good point because the Christian mm-hmm. movies that we like fireproof mm-hmm. for example right. obviously has an overt agenda right yeah, they do but it's an agenda that does not contradict biblical principles right and they're unapologetically that way i think it's not like you're going to the movie and you get oh no there's an agenda to this movie i think you kind of go in knowing there's an agenda so. yeah and and it's a it's an agenda that they aren't trying to sneak in. Mm-hmm. They, well, that's why he uses the word overt. <laughs> well, like you say, it's obvious. Mm-hmm. And they're not trying to attack anyone with the agenda. Mm-mm. That's the thing. Is in Fireproof, they're not attacking people who are struggling with their marriage or who have been divorced. Mm-hmm. But they are communicating the agenda that divorce isn't God's will and that we should try and repair marriages and the issue of unconditional love. And yeah, strong agendas, but not attacking anyone with those agendas. Right. Other movies out there, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Transformers, whatever, whatever movies we've talked about or will talk about and many others out there, mm-hmm. they have an attacking agenda mm-hmm. that makes fun of certain the people. Others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the kind of agenda we don't like. Right, right. And, I mean, we liked Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not like we're saying, oh, don't go see these movies because they have an agenda. We're saying, as a critical thinking Christian, you have to be aware that there's an agenda there and be willing to think and discuss it. Right. Don't leave your brains at the theater door. <laughs> exactly. Amanda from Michigan emailed in and said, Hello, Even Daniel. Thank you for bringing up this topic. While the line might be different for everyone, it is really, really important to think about that line. So many people just march blindly into the movie theater because that's the thing to do. It's so important to be aware of your actions, interpret them in light of scripture, and live consciously. Thank you, too, for bringing up the point about supporting these things with our money. That often speaks very loudly. Cheers, Amanda. Thanks, Amanda. Yeah. We also uh, received a feedback from Cody Napkin, and I believe this is in reference to our more recent podcast, The uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. 
Uh, he says, I just wanted to point out that although the flood is sufficient explanation of fossils, even more so than the explanation of long periods of time, because fossils are formed under high-pressure situations, which the flood easily explains. But God still creates things that appear to have age. For example, he created Adam a full-grown man, along with all the animals and plants. Also, when he created the stars, even though they were light years away, their light was instantly visible on earth. Also, Jesus created what was considered the best wine at the wedding, which... The longer the aging, the better the wine. Now, this came up actually in, I believe, part two of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy episode. So, are you just watching.com slash podcast slash 008? And when I was editing it, I realized you said the words appearance of age. And I thought, oh, why didn't we clarify that? Right. Yes. That, that, but, it was but wrong now we of have me. The opportunity to. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Cody, for giving us this opportunity to discuss it. Basically, the appearance of age really means creating something mature. Mm -hmm. Maturity doesn't necessarily mean age. Right. And one of the first apologetic articles I wrote, apologetics meaning giving an answer, not apologizing. (laughs) One of the first articles I ever wrote was about, it was was about a popular Christian leader that um, I highly respect that used this argument, the appearance of age, to explain that's why these dating methods supposedly show an old earth, is because when Mm -hmm. God created things, he created things with an appearance of age. So I wrote this article to counter that, and the, the problem with an appearance of age is it's forgetting the global flood. Because mm-hmm. even if God created things with the appearance of age, it would have been completely destroyed, and that appearance of age, meaning the, the chemicals and the rocks and the rock layers and all of this, would have been reset and reconfigured mm-hmm. uh, and just totally messed up because of the global flood. So even if God created with the appearance of age, the flood would have destroyed it. That's geologically. He does discuss Adam being created as a mature man. Yeah. And I think that even there, there was no appearance of age because he was created as a mature man. Mm-hmm. But when we age, there are things about us that are appear to be old. I right. mean, we develop wrinkles around our eyes and mouths. We, our hair grays. Um, we develop blemishes on our skin. All kinds of things that are indications of the cursed world we live mm-hmm. in. That as we get old, we degenerate. And I think Adam was created as a mature man. That wasn't necessarily the appearance of age, because if he was created with the appearance of age, he would have had all of the signs of being middle-aged man. Yeah. And I don't think he had those. And age, the way I like to describe age, is it's the process of decay. Right. So Adam didn't have any decay, mm-hmm. any visible decay. He was mature physically, but not having any appearance of age now to us because that's all we know is that's what people would look like with age we think age because we're looking with our present perspective back on the past Mm -hmm. and it's hard to imagine a perfect world where everything is created totally mature all the fruit is ripe right then Mm -hmm. and all of this now mentioning fruit does bring up the good question of the wine is age really required to make good wine to us 
Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not a wine connoisseur, so I can't really <laughs> describe the whole process. It, it, it doesn't necessarily... It's fermentation is a process of time. Right. But, for, but that's as humanly we look at the required amount of time for fermentation to occur. God is outside of time. He can snap his fingers and make fermentation occur. Mm-hmm. So it's not... Ferment, fermentation takes time for us but it's not necessarily an appearance of age. Right. And why is it that we think that it has to be old wine to be good wine? Isn't it that wine is judged based on the taste, primarily, essentially, and also the, the, you know, the burning <laughs> sensation? <laughs> um, the clarity. The, if, I don't know. I don't even know what all <laughs> So, Jesus Christ, who is the creator, John one says all things were created by him and for him and through him everything was made so if the creator creates wine does it matter how old it is he can create it to taste the best feel the best the smoothest the whatever is mm-hmm. that he's creating wine out of water and he's outside of these restrictions that we have to have. And in you order have to, to remember, he didn't create wine out of grape juice. He created it out of water. Yeah. He just basically spoke wine into existence. Right. Because you can't, no matter how much time you give water, it's never going to become wine. It's never going to evolve into wine. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in a million years? No. <laughs> you have to put some grapes in there first. Oh. Well, thank you, everyone, for the feedback. And we've gotten other little uh, messages here and there of thanks and gratitude and some things in Twitter, some replies and such. And others have played our promos, too. I just didn't want to fill this podcast completely with promos, but we will be returning those favors. We are so grateful to everyone who has sent in some messages. Mm -hmm. A couple of announcements before we close is, one, cleancasts.com. We're listed in the Cleancast directory and we still have that button on our website. And anytime that you can press that, it's great, especially this being a new month now, September. Mm-hmm. We were number six in August. Wow. Which is, yeah, that's pretty cool. And uh, we even beat one of the other major podcasters out there. I think because we've got just such a loyal group or that I told them click on that button. <laughs> yes. Well, keep clicking. There. Yeah. Keep clicking on that button. Uh, at least once a month, and help promote our podcast. Tell someone else about the podcast. Something else that you can do is join our page on Facebook. And we will have a link to that in our show notes and soon on our website. (laughs) Unfortunately, I can't just say facebook.com slash our name because we don't have 100 fans yet. We have eight And I'm one of those. So please go on our website and join that Facebook page and then suggest it to others. That's a great way that you can suggest our podcast to others is through Facebook. You can just by clicking that you joined it, your friends will see it and they might be interested in checking it out. But you can also send it to friends and suggest that they join it too. But please don't spam them. Yes, don't spam them. Yeah. We don't like spam. They don't like spam. You don't like spam. Nobody <laughs> likes spam, except the spammers themselves. And maybe even they don't like it. 
And it is a good place since there are ways to discuss and, and stuff. It's actually a good place to get some discussions going. So yeah. if, if you wanted to discuss more at length the, the where we draw the line, that's a good place to do it. Yeah, and we'll be checking there and commenting there. Mm-hmm. And I believe, yeah, Wayne Henderson had a, Wayne Henderson mm-hmm. had actually commented on one of the things there. And probably others too. So please check that out on Facebook. You can search for Are You Just Watching or you can visit the link from our show notes in areyoujustwatching.com slash podcast slash 009. If you want to send us some more feedback or some commentary or further this discussion, you can email us at areyoujustwatching.com. You can also send your audio feedback to that same address, audio feedback that you record at home or through your iPhone with the voice memo application. You can call in your feedback if you're on the road right now or just wherever you are. Call it in to 859-353-4332. We do ask that you come in and to our website and consider giving us a donation as well. We do have equipment oh, yeah. costs, and I would really like to have a nicer mic. I keep looking over at Daniel. I would like you too as well. Every time <laughs> I hear you tap the microphone accidentally or bump it, or I hear the puffs and the T's or P's and the popping in the microphone, I think, oh... I hope we get a new one soon. Yes. So yeah, don't feel like you have to. But if you enjoy the show, then you have to. No. <laughs> you can also follow the show on Twitter. The letters are and you. And then the words just watching. And on Twitter, I'm The Ramen Noodle. And I'm Eve Franklin. On Twitter. And so you can check us out, follow us on there. And I want to mention one more thing is this podcast is officially sponsored by D. Joseph Design at djosephdesign.com. If you need a website designed, some web hosting, some presentation designs, some new media production or consulting services, check it out, djosephdesign.com. So we hope to hear from you again, and we'd like to have some more feedback. And our next episode will be, we're not not totally sure. sure. It might be, we might get around to Hellboy 2 finally. Maybe. Because I did find Hellboy 1 to finally watch it. Or we might do another initial reaction if we make it to the theater here soon. Yeah. I'm Daniel Lewis. And I'm Eve Franklin. Thanks for listening. And don't just watch. Are You Just Watching? is produced and sponsored by D. Joseph Design at djosephdesign.com. The opening vocal talent is thanks to Mariah. Our theme song is used courtesy of Answers in Genesis from their exciting Vacation Bible School curriculum, Operation Space, which you can find at answersvbs.com.